0: Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us again. While upward of 125 million people in the United States have received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine and upwards of 78, 79 million have been fully vaccinated with one dose or both, uh, the fact remains that thousands of people continue to be hospitalized for COVID-19 related uh, symptoms. Treatments are going to be a critical next frontier in the battle against COVID-19 and potential variants that we're hearing about. Out. well not all antiviral medications are the same and several companies are uh, working on novel options to support the projected clinical need well Richard Marsden CEO of Synerge and PLC is joining us here on health professional radio to talk about the results from their phase two trial of their inhaled interferon beta formulation for the treatment of severe viral lung infections in COVID-19 patients welcome to health professional radio Richard Marsden no my pleasure thank you uh, a bit of your professional background, briefly, if you would, for our listeners.
1: So I have been in the life sciences industries uh, for, for longer than I care to remember, <laughs> since I was uh, in my early 20s. <laughs> but I guess the most important thing is I, uh, I've been working with Synagen for over 15 years. I myself am a bit of an all-rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a commercial background, but I've been heavily involved in project management and clinical trial management. Uh, Throughout my career and I'm surrounded by experts. So we're a relatively small company, uh, but we've got the three founding academics who are experts in science and uh, respiratory biology. And um, because we've 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 uh, had so much work accelerated. Because of COVID, Mm -hmm. in the last year, we've expanded the team enormously with a lot of advisors, regulatory, manufacturing, all sorts of new functions we didn't have a year or so ago.
0: Now, we're all very aware of the impact that COVID-19 has had on the entire world. It is an an infection of the lungs, correct? It affects the lungs. It affects breathing.
1: Yeah. And I guess at this stage, it's important to say that we were already working on our drug as a and direct, you know, it's headed towards its use as a broad-spectrum antiviral to cope with a range of viruses that we loosely call common colds or Mm -hmm. influenza viruses. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can put people in hospital um, every winter. And it it is all about the lungs. You're absolutely right. I remember in a very early meeting about the program, uh, we were considering measuring things Um, symptoms and other things in the upper respiratory tract and one of the one of our advisors said look in all my years of medicine no one's ever got hospitalized because they've got a really bad blocked nose Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, you know it is about the organ that uh, we use to get uh, oxygen in and and clear carbon dioxide and if that organ is um, compromised because of a virus then Mm -hmm. a patient becomes uh, very ill um, hospitalized and potentially dies so we were Already working on a um, drug which is interferon beta. It's a formulation designed for delivery directly into the lungs because that's where the virus is trying to enter cells. The virus, enter, you know, it, it wants to take over cells mm-hmm. to turn them into little mini virus factories. And interferon beta drives our innate immune defences, and that's our first line of defence against viruses until antibodies come along to eventually clear the virus up. And you know the, the host, the human in this case, and the virus have got this sort of millennia-old um, battle going on. The virus wants to jump into cells; the human wants to stop it happening. And um, all viruses have to have a bag of tricks to evade the immune system. And the, and the better they do that, the more successful they'll be. Um, and, and this virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, is very good at suppressing the production of this absolutely critical cytokine called interferon beta and um, we know historically some people have um, trouble making enough interferon beta quickly enough to handle uh, you know the regular viruses we face every winter Um, but if you're uh, slightly vulnerable and then the virus comes along and um, is master at suppressing interferon beta production then it gives you a really strong rationale to deliver this drug directly into the lungs at a time when those lungs are compromised, uh, so we generated uh, historically. We've got a, a lot of safety data behind us when we've dosed it um, to asthma and COPD patients in the out, outpatient setting um, with a whole range of viruses. And then in April, and May last year, we did a phase two clinical trial in the UK in hospitalised patients. So these are people who've been ill for ten days already mm. with with um, COVID symptoms and. Uh, we gave the drug to those patients, and we had some really good data. It's not, not the biggest trial, but the magnitude of effect um, gave us um, some statistically relevant results, and that's launched us into a phase three trial, which is due to read out in the second half of this year, and that's all in hospitalized patients. So um, we, we also did look at giving the drug to patients in the outpatient setting before they became very ill, and uh, we reported that data a couple of weeks ago and that was very interesting. We found that the vast majority of even at-risk patients only have mild symptoms mm-hmm. um, and hardly any lower respiratory tract involvement. So <laughs> in in phase two trials last year, we learned who not to treat and who to treat. And the who uh, to treat are people in hospital and people who are very breathless. Uh, um, the sort of breathlessness where they're breathless even at rest or doing very light duties like getting dressed or, you know, brushing their hair or or cleaning their teeth, things like that. So if you're in that, if you've been hit by the virus in your lungs, that's the time when we think we should be using our drug. And we're we're looking to show that in the hospital setting in our phase three trial. And we're now looking for trial groups around the world to assess the drug in outpatients, but only in the 10% or so of patients who become very breathless.
0: What condition should I be in in order to be a, a candidate for SNG 001? Um, you mentioned 10 days into illness. You mentioned um, very breathless. Uh, to the patient, any degree of breathlessness is breathlessness. But when it comes to treating me with SNG 001, uh, how, I guess, bad off should I be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, We've got to show this in larger clinical trials, which is what we're doing now. So mm-hmm. if you're poorly enough that you've been admitted to a hospital and you need oxygen, then we're recruiting into that trial now. And we're hopeful of um, success that the magnitude of effect we're having is um, very much in favor of drugs. You're three times more likely to recover on drug if you're a breathless patient um, than on placebo. So those patients taking oxygen are de facto um, almost all very breathless. Uh, so that that's one type of patient. And then the ones we've become very curious about in the last couple of weeks because of the data we've got is trying to find the non-hospitalized breathless patient. And we've got a scale that we use. Um, zero is no breathlessness at all. Level one is very mild breathlessness, the sort of breathlessness that's, um, caused by um, exercise like running well i live on level one you know if
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I um if i go for a run i get breathless M- moderate breathlessness is gets breathless doing strenuous um regular activities like carrying the shopping um that, that sort of level and then level three is uh what we call clinically relevant breathlessness where someone will get breathless doing very light duties Mm -hmm. like getting dressed and then level four is breathless eating at rest so we we want to pull out the the two highest levels um, where that is caused by COVID or or SARS-CoV-2 and we want to um, conduct a trial in those patients. Mm Uh, and we'd be very hopeful of success because the virus has hit the lungs at this stage. It's suppressing interferon beta production, and the host needs the help um, that you can... And we believe we're we're giving by um, applying the drug directly into the lungs as an aerosol.
0: What type of uh, time frame are we talking about in seeing positive results after SNG001?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And, um, we have... Seen um, separations in breathlessness as an endpoint, so you can measure that, and that happens uh, within a small number of days uh, but we 're now trying to recover an organ that 's been badly affected by a virus so you you could you know hi- hypothetically remove the virus, but that organ's still got some recovery um, to, to do and and we know it can take a long time after the virus has gone to get people back to normal, and you know we call it long covid. Um, now, but we've, we, what we have done as a company, we in the hospitalised patients. We've been interested in the symptom aggressors, as I just said. Uh, discharge from hospital is is a step in the right direction, um, and on drug we saw um, that people were discharged a couple of days um, uh, earlier than those on placebo. Uh, but we've been also very interested in what we call recovery. Uh, and getting back to what we, uh, level one on the WHO ordinal scale, which is no limitation of activities, or in lay speak, I think would be closely aligned to getting back to normal. And we saw that um, patients were much more likely to get back to normal on drug than placebo. So that's where we get effect sizes of two or over three times more likely to recover on drug. And we saw separation at day 28. So this is, they've been ill for 10 days, mm-hmm. Um, they've been in a trial taking drug for two weeks and then we check in on them on day 28 and you still see a separation between drug and placebo. So we're very keen to see if the drug has had an effect on long COVID and we're assessing that um, right now.
0: Now, I understand that the results from this first part of the study were published in the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. Where else online can we go and uh, get some information about uh, Synergen and the study?
1: Yeah we we put quite a lot of information out on our website for people to browse so there's slide sets available on our website Um, and I think our habit is to put more information in our slides on the website than eventually makes it into the journals but we we know that's interesting for um, academic groups companies government um, researchers around the world so we and also you know if, if you're Somebody very interested in what we're doing, whether you're another pharmaceutical company or or government um, or research team, then um, just ping us an email, and uh, we'd be very happy to to engage.
0: More can be found at www. dot com. Richard. Thank you very much for joining us here on Health Professional Radio.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Richard Marsden, CEO of Synergen PLC. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.